This is the news for the week commencing the 12th of June 2023. A Victorian company has had its labour hire licence application refused after its director allegedly offered a labour hire authority, LHA inspector, a bribe. The inspector immediately escalated the matter within the LHA and the apparent offer to bribe was reported to relevant authorities. During LHA's investigations, the director of the applicant company sent a text message to the LHA inspector investigating the matter, apparently offering to meet them in person and pay them a sum of money. This was after the investigation into the report that the applicant company was providing labour hire services to a farm without a licence through another service provider who may not have been compliant. The company also allegedly provided false or misleading documents in response to concerns that it was providing labour hire services without a licence. It was also alleged that the two directors of the companies were in a personal relationship. The licence application was refused, meaning the applicant cannot provide labour hire services and is barred from applying again for some time. Medical professionals dominate the list of Australia's top earning occupations with the nation's top taxpayers clustered in New South Wales' most exclusive suburbs, New Australian Tax Office data reveals. The ATO revealed a data snapshot from the 2021 financial year showing that surgeons topped the list of taxpaying occupations, with more than 4,000 individuals reporting an average taxable income of just over $457,000. Anitathus came next, boasting average taxable incomes of just over $426,000 across nearly 3,500 individuals. Medical and mental health professionals account for five of the top 10 occupations in terms of taxable income, the data shows. On the business side, CEOs and managing directors rank ranked ninth in terms of average taxable income. However, individuals in those categories far outnumbered any other profession in the top 10, with 224,015 individuals claiming CEO or managing director status. No surprises emerge from the list of top earning postcodes either. Sydney's Harborside Double Bay ranked first with its 3,352 taxpayers reporting an average taxable income of nearly $270,000. There was a $36,000 gap between Double Bay residents and those of the second ranked postcode, 2030, which covers the nearby suburbs of Dover Heights, HMAS Watson, Rose Bay North, Vaucluse and Watsons Bay. Individuals across those suburbs reported an average taxable income of $230,597. Australian employers that are found to exploit migrant workers will face penalties that will and will be barred from taking on more workers on temporary visas as part of new reforms aimed at cracking down on migrant worker exploitation. Last week, the government outlined a package of legislative powers, enforcement tools, additional funding and a new approach to help people in exploitive workplaces speak up. Minister for Immigration, Citizenship and Multicultural Affairs, Andrew Giles, will introduce new legislation into Parliament in the coming weeks that will penalise companies flouting the law. The new measures will make a criminal offence for the coercion of someone into a breaching their visa condition, introduce prohibition notices to stop employers from further hiring people on temporary visas where they have exploited migrants, increase penalties and new compliance tools to deter exploitation, and repeal Section 235 of the Migration Act, which actively undermines people's reporting of exploitive behaviour.
the government will also provide $50 million in funding to resource the Australian Border Force for this and other enforcement and compliance activities. There's still no downturn apparent in the US labour market, with the May jobs result again exceeding forecasts on the back of an unexpected rise in job vacancies in April when compared to March. National non-farm employment rose by 341,000 in May, almost the exact average monthly job gain for the past 12 months. The Bureau of Labor Statistics also announced revisions to the total non-farm employment in both March and April, adding a combined 93,000 jobs more than had been previously reported. The number of US temporary help services jobs rose by 7,700 in May compared to April to more than 3,004,000 workers. Meanwhile, the US unemployment rate rose to a seven-month high of 3.7% in May, up from a 53-year low of 3.4% in April, mostly as a result of more people entering the labour market. The continued strength of the labour market has reduced the likelihood of recession in the US during 2023, according to commentators. Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's Analytics, told CNN that this year, given these job numbers, it's hard to see a recession. Unemployed Belgians are being asked if they are willing to star in pornographic films by job centres in Brussels. Politicians have called for the question to be axed from a list of job seekers prepared by Actoris, which is the public employment agency in the capital. Actoris can impose penalties on people refusing work, which has fuelled the controversy further. This is downright scandalous, said Francois de Schmed, who leads the Workers' Party of Belgium in Brussels' regional parliament. This is a government service that should help job seekers find a decent job. Job seekers really should not be faced with such proposals. By the way, it also is creating a number of very uncomfortable moments for actress advisers. Mr Schmed said the trivialisation of selling your body was totally unacceptable on the part of the public service. Does this mean that an artist looking for work who does not agree to act in a pornographic movie can be punished? The offending questionnaire asks actors and artists to indicate how happy they would be to perform in different types of work. The list includes radio dramas, short films and pornographic films. GoTo People Limited, the West Australian-based provider of recruitment training services, likely owed as much as $11 million to the ATO when it entered voluntary administration in May. Last week, creditors and employees of the main GoTo People trading entities voted to accept the offer from employment services company Interwork to acquire key parts of the business, with Interwork's $3 million loan a key part of the deal. The majority of employees of the key businesses in the GoTo group, including Skill Hire and Hunter Executive, will now receive 100% of their entitlements and remain employed by the new entity, although unsecured creditors of the main trading entities will only receive around 10 cents in the dollar. The global economy has begun to improve, but the recovery will be weak, according to the latest economic outlook by the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development. The economic outlook projects a moderation of global GDP growth from 3.3% in 2022 to 2.7% in 2023, followed by a pickup to 2.9% in 2024. Headline inflation in the OECD countries is projected to decline from 9.4% to 4.3% by 2024.
On to a question of the week this week, Ross. And we've got one from a recruiter around making sure they're making the most of their day. What are the most critical daily activities for successful recruiters? What do recruiters need to do on a daily basis? Lead generation to me is absolutely critical. Daily lead generation. So what leads is the recruiter seeing in the review of the resumes that they undertake, the LinkedIn profiles they review, news stories that they see. Are they general leads? So in other words, maybe a company or a hiring manager, or is it a specific lead? In other words, an actual job. So if it's an actual job, they'd want to be chasing that up same day. If it's more general lead, then I would be suggesting you'd want to chase it up same week. So to me, lead generation activities. The very best recruiters are undertaking lead generation activities every single working day. Mm. I would also add that uh, in order to make sure, I guess, you've got time to get through those sorts of activities, which are absolutely critical, I agree. Uh, Planning and organising for me is the top of the list in relation to you know, organising your time, creating to-do lists, planning out what needs to be done so that you've got time for lead generation every day. You're not going to miss any of those jobs or calls that you need to make uh, and to keep that sort of consistent activity happening. So for me, planning and organising is one of the most critical things a recruiter does. What else, Yeah, yeah great. Yeah, so certainly at the beginning of the day. Um, the next thing I'd say, it's kind of obvious, but let's say it anyway, reviewing each of your current jobs and being clear what you need to do today, if anything, on each of those assignments and being clear what it is specifically, if you are going to do something, what it is specifically and the amount of time that you're going to allocate to it. Because it's very easy to get consumed with, say, the most recent job that's come in or the job with the biggest fee or the job that has the client that's screaming the loudest that they need candidates, but being disciplined about uh, the amount of time that you devote to each of the critical activities that um, assign to each of the jobs each day. What about for you? What's number two? Yeah, in that same vein, I suppose, once you are reviewing jobs and looking at those critical tasks under each one is really to kind of do the hardest ones first. You know, you've planned your day, you're looking through those assignments and, and you know, the old saying of eat the frog first um, is something that I think is important. You know, if it's uh, got to be critical towards your success, you've got to get those jobs done and get them done quickly and early in the day while you've still got high energy. Um, you know, do do the hardest things first and get them done um, early is my second bit of advice. Yeah, no, completely agree with that. And the third thing, it might be a little surprising for some people, but take breaks. Like the most effective recruiters refuel effectively throughout the day. So having 20 minutes for a cup of coffee, taking a decent lunch break, getting off your phone, getting away from your computer, going outside, having a walk around, absorbing fresh air, um, just ensuring that you maximize the effectiveness of the time that you spend at your desk. It's too easy to lose energy, particularly mid-afternoon, and then you might be spending two or three hours at your desk, but really how effective is that time? So taking uh, effective breaks is, to me, a very important part of each day as a recruiter. 
yeah, something that when you're new, you probably lose a little of as well. I think you lose that balance. That's a really timely reminder, I think. Um, the final one for me is just an, an old, a bit of an old school one, I suppose, uh, coming from temp recruitment days, which was kind of never leave, uh, you know, a job unfilled at the end of the day, never leave something undone. You know, we, we didn't leave the office till we made sure everything was done for that day. All of the urgent tasks were out of the way and you, you know, didn't carry something over to tomorrow that could be done today because as we know you know the day can go very pear-shaped very quickly so you know get done what you need to off that to-do list you know close start I said start your day with planning and organizing close it off perhaps in the same way of making sure you've closed off all the urgent um, jobs prioritized a bit of what's happening the next day um, and then you can leave the office you know without having to you know think about it again or wake up in the middle of the night and say have I done that or have I forgotten something That concludes this episode of Recruitment News Australia. Thanks for listening. We look forward to connecting with you in the next episode.